ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So today then we are going to be starting on the chapter of tayammum the rulings on tayammum how it is done islamically when it is allowed to be done those are the topics we're going to discuss in this section al-Sheikh al-Fawzan he mentions that the tayammum it is something that is mentioned as a substitute for the wudu normally for purification you make wudu using water but there may be certain instances certain times for different reasons why water cannot be used and so you have a substitute which is the tayammum the substitute for the wudu so that you can pray and do other acts of worship and this is mentioned in the quran it states in some of the ayat in more than one place in the Quran وَإِن كُنْتُمْ مَرْضَى أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ أَوْ جَاءَ أَحَدٌ مِّنْكُمْ مِّنَ الْغَائِضِ أَوْ لَمَسْتُمُ النِّسَاءِ فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً فَتَيَمَّمُوا سَعِيدًا طَيِّبًا فَامْسَحُوا بِوُجُوهِكُمْ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ and in another ayah فَمْسَحُوا بِوُجُوهِكُمْ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ مِّنْهُ in this or in these ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that if you are ill or on a journey or you had to answer the call of nature relieve yourself or there was intimacy with a woman and then you do not find water then make tayammum fatayammamu and then do what famsahu biwujuhikum wa aydikum min then wipe your faces and hands so this act of tayammum is mentioned in the Qur'an. That's the first thing to note. Tayammum is an act of worship mentioned in the Qur'an itself. And it is also mentioned in the Sunnah. And that is what we are going to be looking at. Some of the narrations in the Sunnah regarding tayammum firstly though what is the definition of tayammum islamically speaking islamically speaking tayammum is isti'malu turab ala al-wajhi wal-kaffayn bi-sifatin makhsusah Bayyanaha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Tayammum Islamically speaking It is To use Soil Or something of that consistency Or nature To use soil Upon the face And hands In a specific Manner that we're going to Look at in the hadith to use soil on the face and the hands in a particular manner 
which we'll examine in the hadith coming up. That is the basic concept of tayammum. Without water, then you use the soil, the ground, and you wipe your face and your hands. That is the basic concept of tayammum when water is not available or it cannot be used even if it's available. So let's have a look at the hadith. They will explain the tayammum further. The first hadith we have in the sunnah, and remember these narrations, this is the sunnah of the Prophet so in this hadith, Jabir ibn Abdullah, he is the narrator, anhuma, he and his father were both companions. He says that the Prophet وسلم, said, أُعْطِيتُ خَمْسًا لَمْ يُعْطَهُنَّ أَحَدٌ قَبْلِي The messenger said, I have been given five things that nobody was given before me. I have been given five things that nobody was given before me. نُصِرْتُ بِالرُّعْبِ مَسِيرَةَ شَهْرِ وَجُعِلَتْ لِي الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا فَأَيُّمَا رَجُلٍ أَدْرَكَتْهُ الصَّلَاةِ فَلْيُصَلِّهِ وَذَكَرَ الْحَدِيثِ The narration here is summarized by Ibn Hajar. Doesn't mention all five things in the narration here. He only mentions the one that is needed. He mentions the first one, the messenger said, نُسِرْتُ بِالرُّعْبِ مَسِيرَةَ That I have been given victory in the sense that from a month's traveling distance away, fear is struck into the hearts of the enemies. From a month traveling distance away and already fear is struck into the enemies the second one which is the point that we want to look at right now the second one is that the messenger said وَجُعِلَتْ لِي الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا that all of the earth has been made as a mosque and pure for me. All of the earth has been made as a mosque and pure for me. So whoever finds that the time of the prayer has come in, then pray wherever you may be. You're out in a field, you're in the street, wherever you are. The time of the prayer comes, pray. Even if you cannot find any mosque or any other place to go, pray in the field, pray in the street. The meaning of the hadith is, all of the land has been made pure and as a mosque for you to be able to pray upon. That is the first point Al-Hafal Ibn Hajar Rahimahullah Ta'ala has mentioned here. So in the explanation as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, جعل الله سبحانه وتعالى الأرض للرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم طاهرة وصالحة للسجود والصلاة عليها That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made all of the land 
suitable and pure to be able to prostrate upon and pray upon. بِخِلَافِ مَا شَرَعَهُ اللَّهُ لِلْأَنْبِيَاءِ مِنْ قَبْلِ وَلِلْأُمَمِ بِأَنَّهُ لَا تَصِحُ صَلَاتُهُمْ إِلَّا فِي كَنَائِسِهِمْ Whereas the previous prophets and messengers, their acts of worship, their prayers as they did, were only accepted in their designated places of worship. In the designated places of worship, as the mosque is a designated place of worship, a house from the houses of Allah, the previous prophets and messengers, their worship, their prayer as they did, was only accepted in their designated places of worship. They had to go to those places to do it. Whereas the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the whole of the land is permissible for the prayer to be prayed upon and it is valid and it is acceptable. So now, if a person was traveling, they're on the motorway and they are traveling and the prayer time comes in, and the prayer time is about to end and they are still traveling and they haven't made it anywhere to be able to pray, then you can stop at the service station even if they don't have an actual prayer room. Some of them do now. But even if they don't, you can stop at the services and pray on the floor, on the car park, on the tarmac. Even if you haven't got your favorite musalla with you or whatever, it is not a necessity, it is not even a sunnah to use them. That is if somebody wants to use it, etc. Sheikh al-Albani didn't like it. But out there on the car park, even if you have no cloth, because a person may say, but look, this, the cars, they drive along this, who knows what's on the tires of the cars, where those tires have been, what they've been driving through, the countryside, the mud all over the place. All these tires are here on the car park. Pray on it directly. We say, yes, you can. If you have no cloth, you have nothing to put down. Pray on it directly, no problem. The prayer is valid. The land is considered pure. And your prayer is considered valid on it. فَالْأَصْلِ فِي جَمِيعِ الْبِقَاعِ أَنَّهَا طَاهِرَةً تَصِحُّ الصَّلَاةُ فِيهَا So the default is that all of the land, it is pure. And you can pray your prayers on it and the prayers are valid. Except the few exceptions that have been made. إِلَّا الْمَوَاطِنَ الَّتِي وَرَدَ النَّهِ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فِيهَا Except for the certain places where it is mentioned specifically that it's prohibited to pray in those places. Like obviously the areas that are designated as toilets for example or certain areas that are designated for certain animals as we'll come to see then it's not permissible to pray in a few specific areas we're going to mention those but otherwise the land as a whole is permissible to pray upon فَيُسْتَفَادُ من أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم جعلت له الأرض طهورا أنه إذا فقد الماء هو أو أحد من أمته فإن الأرض تصلح للتيمم منها What's the point of mentioning this hadith in the chapter of Tayammum? We're discussing Tayammum right now, that's the chapter we're in. Why are we talking about where your prayer is valid and all of the land is pure? What's that got to do with tayammum? So if the hadith is telling us that all of the land is pure and your prayer is valid on it, it means that if a circumstance arises where you need to make tayammum, 
then all of the land out there where you are, it's pure to use it for tayammum. You're stuck in the middle of a field somewhere, prayer time is coming, it's about to leave, use the ground in the field and make your tayammum, it's pure. You're stuck in some other, the mountain somewhere, use the rubble and the ground what's there and make your tayammum, it's pure. All of the land is pure. In the, the open sense it is pure with the exceptions that we'll mention. So then that purity of the land means you can make tayammum from it. Wherever you might be, wherever you are stuck and there is no water or it cannot be used, then you can use the ground and make the tayammum with it and your prayer is valid. أَمَّا مَا يَقَعُ مِنْ بَعْضِ الْجُهَالِ الْأَعْرَابِ الآن من أنهم يتيممون والماء موجود ولا مانع عندهم من استعماله فهذا عمل غير صحيح ولا تصح منهم الصلاة به However, it should be noted obviously that tayammum is only allowed when either water is not available, there is no water available, so tayammum is allowed. Or if water is available, but for some reason you are unable to use it. And we briefly mentioned that last time in the books of fiqh. They highlight tayammum isn't just when you can't find water, that's obvious. But even when you have water, sometimes tayammum may be allowed. And that is when you have water, but you are unable to use it. Why might you be unable to use it? For example, because of cold possibly. Possibly. It could be extreme cold, extreme cold, that if you were to use the water, then that would present a threat to your health by pouring this freezing water onto your head and body possibly possibly that would be a circumstance judged upon its particular uh, 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 circumstance of that time but otherwise generally as well illness maybe there is some illness you have or a particular wound that you have some type of illness or wound that prevents you from using the water on your body. So you can make tayammum. Other examples we mentioned last time, they speak about them in the books of fiqh. Access, the water may be there. It's there, water is available. But you have no access to it. They mention that in the books of fiqh. Like the example we mentioned last time, imagine there's a watering hole. You're out in the jungle somewhere, the desert somewhere, there's a watering hole. That's the only water you can see. It's there, it's available. However, there are predatory animals around it drinking. Predatory animals, lions, etc. all around it. You cannot approach that watering hole right now. You approach there, likely you will be attacked and killed by the predatory animals. So you have no access to get to it. Or it could be, again they mention in the books of fiqh, because of the adu. The enemy, your enemy is in the path to you and the water. The water is there, available. But you have no way to get to it, no access to it. The enemy is there. They even mention examples of, imagine you are tied up, the enemy or whatever has tied you up. You're tied up, handcuffed onto a pillar on the wall. The water is right there, but you're all tied up. How are you supposed to get to the water there? So again, it could be for those different types of reasons where water is available, but access to it for some reason or another is not possible. That's part of it too. Possibly if you had a very limited amount of water, and that limited amount in this kind of scenario was an absolute necessity to stay alive with drinking water then it would be permissible again to make the tayammum instead of using the water uh, which could lead to your death as a consequence those are all different scenarios
and examples they mention in the bigger books of fiqh as to why tayammum would be allowed. وفي قوله طهورا أيضا أن التيمم يقوم مقام الماء من أجل العبادة. So this is now the major issue coming up. In the hadith it says جعلت لي الأرض مسجدا وطهورا. The land has been made as a mosque for me and pure. It's pure the land. I'm purifying. So when you use that land, you use the ground, and you make tayammum, now after you have made tayammum, are you upon the same and exact state of purification compared to somebody who made actual wudu with water? Or are you only upon a temporary state of purification, not the full state of purification like somebody who used water? Which of the two? Temporary only? Mm. So that's the difference we're going to look at here now. As to whether tayammum is classified on the same level exactly as water or is it classified a level lower than water that okay you are pure you can pray but it's not at the level of a wudu with water that's the basic concept of it the scholars it basically comes down to this when you when you make wudu with water then whatever impurity was upon you, that impurity is now gone. If you broke wind, for example, you are now in a state of that type of impurity, the minor hadith. But when you make wudu, that's all gone. You are upon purity. Now pray as many prayers as you want. Pray all day long. If you don't break your wudu, you're upon purity. Any type of impurity that occurred, breaking wind or deep sleep or whatever it was that's all gone gone the fact that you broke wind is now gone you've made wudu with water but when you make wudu with tayammum or you do the tayammum in place of the wudu has your impurity gone or is it just temporarily taken care of with this tayammum that's the issue does tayammum remove the impurity like wudu does or does it basically just give you a temporary purification to be able to pray two opinions of the scholars some of them say tayammum removes the impurity you're, you're good to go now just like wudu with water others they say no technically that hasn't gone. Your, your state of impurity or lack of wudu that you are upon hasn't gone. But the tayammum temporarily gives you access and gives you the status to be able to pray. So, what are the two opinions as the Shaykh he clarifies here? فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ ذَهَبَ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا يَرْفَعُ الْحَدَثِ one opinion of the scholars then as we said is that they believe it does not actually remove your prior state imagine you had broken wind they say you are still upon that state of having broken wind it hasn't got rid of that you're not upon complete purity as you would have been if you had made wudu it's only a temporary purity you're upon Tayammum is only temporary Temporarily allowing you to do your worship And this is the opinion of many of the scholars It's a major opinion That tayammum is not equal to wudu Tayammum doesn't remove your state from before Like wudu does 
it only gives you a temporary uh, 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 purity to be able to pray, not a complete one like wudu. And this is the opinion of many of the scholars. Many, many scholars have that opinion. The issue is, if you have that opinion, there are consequences. If you have the opinion that tayammum only temporarily gives you access to be able to pray, it doesn't actually give you full purity like wudu does, then upon that opinion, there are things like, imagine now you're in the, the forest or the wood and there is no water anywhere, cannot find anything, so you make tayammum because you fear there's only 20 minutes left, the prayer time's about to finish, so you make tayammum and pray. By the time you finish praying, there are still 10 minutes left before the prayer time exits. So then as you're walking now, you're carrying on, then all of a sudden, right there, the next minute after walking, you come across water. And there's still about 10 minutes left yet for the prayer time to go out. The scholars who take the opinion, Tayammum only temporarily gave you the permissibility to pray, will say, now that you have found water, that temporary access that you were given to be able to pray is null and void. You have water and the prayer time is still in there. Make your proper wudu and pray. Some of them will say that. But we'll see some of those here now. وَمِمَّا يُؤَيِّدُ هَذَا الْقَوْلِ So the Sheikh says, الصعيد الطيب وضوء المسلم وإن لم يجد الماء عشر سنين فإذا وجد الماء فليتق الله وليمسه بشرته فلو كان التيمم رافعا للحدث لم يحتاج أن يمس الماء بشرته فدل على أنه إنما يصلي بالتيمم ما دام لم يجد الماء فإذا وجد الماء فإن تيممه يبطل So upon that first opinion upon that first opinion when they say tayammum only temporarily removes the impurity. They say as soon as you find water, then you are now considered to be upon a state of no purification. Your tayammum has ended. It's become null and void as soon as the water is found and you're capable of using it. It's then null and void. You must make wudu. So the tayammum was only there in a temporary state up until you find actual water in the case of the one who made it because he didn't have water. وَمِمَّا يُؤَيِّدُ هَذَا الْقَوْلِ أَنَّ عَمَرِ بْنَ الْعَاصِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كَانَ أَمِيرًا عَلَى صَرِيَّةِ يُقَالُ لَهَا ذَاتِ السَّلَاسِلِ فَأَصَابَ احْتَلَامِ بِاللَّيْلِ وَكَانَ الْجَوْ آنَ ذَاكْ بَارِدًا جِدًّا وَالْإِغْتِسَالْ حِينَهَا لَا يُطَاقُ لِبُرُودَةِ الْمَاء فَلَمَّا اسْتَيْقَضَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ اشْتَهَدَ فَتَيَمَّمَ وَصَلَّ بِأَصْحَابِهِ وَالْمَاءُ عِنْدَهِ فَلَمَّا قَدِمُوا إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى وَسَلَّمَ وَأَخْبَرَهُ بِذَلِكَ قَالَ صَلَّيْتَ بِأَصْحَابِكَ وَأَنْتَ جَنُبٌ قَالَ نَعَمْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ ذَكَرْتُ قَوْلَهُ تَعَالَى وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنْفُسَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا فَأَقَرَّهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ وَلَمْ يَمْرُهُ بِالْإِعَادَةِ This is the narration of Amr ibn al-As Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhu he was made the leader of a battalion. A small unit of the army was sent out. A small unit of the army was sent out, a battalion. He was pay, uh, made in charge of it. So they went out, perhaps to the enemy, etc. They went out. As they were traveling, they camped up for the night and they slept. And it is mentioned uh, that... During the night, Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhu had a wet dream. He had a wet dream during the night. Meaning he was now in a state of major impurity requiring the ghusl. However, they were out camping up somewhere on their journey and it was a freezing night. Cold, cold night. He had water, but to make a ghusl in that 
type of temperature that they were experiencing that night he feared the consequences upon himself and his body maybe even death such was the freezing temperatures to then pour water all over yourself out there in the woods wherever they were so he didn't do it instead he just made tayammum and prayed led the prayer so when they got back to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they told him what happened so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him you led the prayer with the rest of them whilst you were technically still in a state of impurity major impurity you needed a ghusl and you led the prayer like that of tayammum so amr ibn asi said he said yes because i remembered the statement of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wala taqtulu anfusakum wa kan inna allah kana bikum rahima do not kill yourselves indeed allah is most merciful with you so amr ibn asi said i remembered that and in the circumstances he feared he might end up killing himself in that freezing cold to then be making a ghusl outside and so he said upon remembering that i decided not to do that and made tayammum instead so the prophet ﷺ affirmed what he said agreed acknowledged what he said and agreed with him and did not tell him no that's still wrong make wudu again and pray that prayer that you guys prayed again didn't say that acknowledged and affirmed what he said so this indicates the permissibility of the tayammum wa mahallu shahid qawluhu sallayta bi ashabika wa anta junub the narration mentions that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to amr ibn al-as you prayed you led the prayer whilst you were still junub you were still in a state of major impurity because he had only made tayammum not the actual ghusl what does that prove that the fact he had made tayammum had not removed his state of being junub proving that tayammum doesn't put you into a state of complete purity your state is still as it was but tayammum is a temporary access to be able to do your worship the messenger said to him you were still junub you were still upon the major impurity hadn't made ghusl and you led them in prayer like that but then when he told him the reason the messenger agreed with that that's correct then the tayammum you did was okay in that circumstance and the prayer was valid but that doesn't negate the fact that the messenger did still say to him you were still junub you were still upon that state meaning tayammum hadn't made you pure tayammum had only given you the temporary access which is valid and good so this hadith is a proof of the scholars who say that tayammum doesn't equal wudu it doesn't put you into a state of complete purity it only puts you into a state of temporary purity until you can then find the wudu etc the water etc the second opinion though minhum man dhahaba ila anna at-tayammum yaqumu maqam al-ma'i tamaman the second opinion is that tayammum is 100% exactly the same as wudu it's a hundred percent equivalent to wudu so if you cannot find water and so you make tayammum you are now upon a state of complete purity just as you would have been if you had made actual wudu with water so afterwards now the next prayer time comes do you need to make wudu or not even if you found water by now according to this opinion you don't your tayammum was the equivalent of a complete wudu it's as though you made wudu before so you are upon wudu according to them 
pray your next prayer, the prayer after that, as long as it doesn't break. It is as though you are upon wudu. Equivalent. Minor and major. So according to them, somebody in the circumstances of Amr ibn al-As, if they had to make tayammum, then they are no longer on the state of janaba. They are pure. They're not upon the state of major impurity anymore. That is the second opinion. Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, what appears to be the case is that this opinion is the heavier opinion, the stronger opinion. That tayammum is the equivalent of wudu. It's the direct and complete substitute of wudu. Not that it's only a temporary measure. It's a complete substitutional measure. And this is also the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Al-Qayyim. That tayammum is a complete cover for wudu. Complete equivalent of wudu. Not only a temporary measure. وَيُسْتَفَادُ أَيْضًا مِنْ ظَاهِرِ الْكَلَامِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضِ جُعِلَتْ لَهُ طَهُورًا أَنَّ جَمِيعَ أَجْزَاءٍ عَلَيْهَا غُبَارُ الْأَرْضِ يَصِحُّ التَّيَمُّمُ بِهَا سَوَاءً كَانَتْ رَمْلِيَّةً أَوْ تُرَابِيَّةً أَوْ صَبِخَةً أَوْ حِجَارَةً the fact that the messenger said the earth has been made pure indicates all types of surfaces are all pure. It could be soil, it could be dust, it could be sand, it could be like pebbly type of ground. All of the grounds are pure and legitimate for tayammum. That's what it would seem to indicate from the generality of the hadith. But there is another hadith here next to it. And the second one mentions the hadith of Hudayfa in Sahih Muslim. وَجُعِلَتْ لَنَا تُرْبَتُهَا طَهُورًا إِذَا لَمْ نَجِدِ الْمَاءِ وَعَنْ عَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عِنْدَ أَحْمَدِ وَجُعِلَ لِيَ التُرَابُ طَهُورًا That the soil has been made pure and purifying for us if we do not find water. And similarly in the other one, the soil has been made pure and purifying. This would seem to indicate a specification then. That it's not any type of ground that you can make your tayammum with. It's got to be some type of soily type of ground something along the nature of soil that you can make your tayammum with that's what the narration would seem to indicate إِذَنْ لَا يَجُوزُ التَّيَمُّمْ إِلَّا بِالتُّرَابِ كَمَا وَرَدَ فِي الرِّوَايَةِ الْمُخَصِّصَةِ فَلَا يُتَيَمَّمُ بِالرَّمَلِ this would seem to indicate you cannot do tayammum with sand in that case and neither with rocks or stones in that case because they are not considered as soil or a soily type of material and the messenger mentioned in this narration the soil specifically Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة 
الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله So this issue right now is what type of ground are you allowed to use to make the tayammum? According to those narrations, it would seem to indicate only the soily type of ground can be used, not sand and not rocks or other things. However, the scholars once again have different explanations regarding that. The first opinion is that you can use any type of ground. It can be soil, it can be rocks or stones, it can be sand. Any surface can be used to make the tayammum with. The second opinion is that it is only the soil. The soil type of surfaces, you can only make tayammum from them. Those are the two opinions regarding what you can make tayammum from. And from those two opinions, what appears to be stronger is the first, that any type of surface, whether it's soil, whether it's rocks or stones, whether it's sand, any type of surface of the ground can be used for tayammum. لأن لزوم الطهارة قد يكون في أرض ليس فيها تراب because you may be in a place where there isn't soil or, or that type of uh, dry soil even dust kind of surface you may not find that where you are you may be in a desert with only sand everywhere so the stronger opinion appears to be that you can use any surface to make that tayammum with and they use an example from the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam where on one occasion when they were on the way to the battle of Tabuk and what is known is that the route from Medina to Tabuk it is a route that is full of sand deserty areas in Saudi Arabia what we call today the Arabian Peninsula many of the areas are sand deserts and it's mentioned that when they were on the way they had to make tayammum which would indicate that they made it from the sand using the sand that's what would be assumed that they were traveling to Tabuk and they had to make tayammum. The ground between Medina and Tabuk is not soil and, and dust of that nature. It is sand along the route, desert. So it would indicate that they made it with the soil, with the uh, sand. The Sheikh does mention the other four points. You remember the beginning hadith had mentioned that there are five specific things that the Prophet ﷺ was given that nobody else was given before him. One of them was that the enemy's fear is struck into their hearts at a distance of a month away. A month away of travel and yet fear is struck into their hearts from that distance. The second that all of the ground 
all of the earth has been made as a mosque and pure place to be able to pray upon and then others that are mentioned uhillat liyal ghanaim wa lam tahilla li ahadin qabli that the war booty has been made permissible for me and it was not for anyone before me the war booty that is collected upon a victory in the battle in the war the war booty is permissible to be collected but previously with the messengers with the people it was not permissible to be collected another one of the points mentioned كان النبي يبعث إلى قومه خاصة والرسول محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بعث إلى الناس عامة Previously the prophets and messengers they used to be sent to their specific nations to their specific people whereas the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he was sent to all of mankind to all of the nations to the jinn and the humans to everyone whereas previously prophets and messengers used to be sent specifically to their nations and their people so Allah mentions in the Quran regarding the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where it says, Ya ayyuhan nasu inni rasulullahi ilaykum jami'a O people, I am the messenger to all of you. In another ayah, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا We did not send you except to all of the people as a bringer of glad tidings and warnings. So this revelation we know it is for all of mankind the humans and the jinn this same religion this same religion the religion of Islam the same rulings the same exactly to the extent the scholars they mention when it is hajj time then the jinn are also performing hajj at the same time the Muslims among them, the same legislation. And the fifth item, إِنَّهُ أُعْطِيَ الشَّفَاعَةِ وَالْمُرَادُ بِالشَّفَاعَةِ الْخَاصَّ بِهِ الشَّفَاعَةِ الْعُظْمَى وَهِيَ أَنَّ النَّاسَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِذَا حُشِرُوا فِي زَعِيدٍ وَاحِدٍ وَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْوَقُوفِ وَاشْتَدَّ بِهِمُ الْحَرِّ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَلْتَمِسُونَ مَنْ يَشْفَعُ لَهُمْ إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ لَيَفْصِلَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَيَسْتَرِيحُ مِنَ الْوَقُوفِ وَمِنَ الْمَوْقِفِ The fifth thing that is specific to the Prophet wasallam is the major intercession on the Day of Judgment. On the Day of Judgment, when the people have been resurrected, and they are in the difficulties they are in and one of those mentioned is that the sun is brought close to the earth within a mile of the earth or even less than a mile because when the narration says the sun will be brought close to the earth to the distance of a mile a mile some of the scholars said the explanation of that is the normal mile that we know on the roads how long a mile is but some of them said it is the other type of meal in the Arabic language which is barely not even a finger's length a tiny tiny amount the other definition of the meal in the Arabic language so in any case the Sun will be brought close and the people will be in their sweat some of them up to their ankles some of them up to their knees some of them up to their waists some of them up to their chests, up to their necks. And he mentions in that hadith, when they're in that calamity and difficulty, they look at each other and they say, Ama tarawna ma nahnu Can you not see what calamity we're in? Find someone who can speak to Allah on our behalf. 
Find someone who can yashfa'lana inda rabbina. Somebody who can do intercession for us with Allah. Speak on our behalf to Allah so that the accountability can begin and we can get out of here. So then in the hadith it mentions they go to Adam alayhi salam. But Adam alayhi salam cannot do it and excuses himself. And they go to the other prophets and messengers. They go to Musa alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam. They go to Ibrahim alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam. All of them they give their excuse and they do not do it. They are not for that intercession. They cannot do it until finally Isa alayhi salam tells them go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so when they come to him, he is the one who can then go and do that intercession. So that is specific to him. And there are a couple, two or three intercessions on the day of judgment that are specific to the Prophet ﷺ. Nobody else can do them. That is one of them. The other one is, uh, right at the end when the believers arrive at paradise. Right at the end after everything when they arrive at paradise To the gates of paradise But the gates of paradise are closed So once again they say We need someone to intercede for us To speak to Allah on our behalf To have the gates open so we may enter So again they go to the different prophets and messengers But no one is able to do that Until finally they come to the prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He makes that intercession For the gates of paradise to be opened For them to enter So those are some specific intercessions Two specific intercessions That the messenger does on that day And that's what's meant here The fifth item that the messenger was given No other messenger before him was given Is the intercession on the day of judgment that is the opening couple of narrations in this chapter regarding tayammum. We haven't even got on yet to the description of exactly how you do it. That will come in the narrations coming up. So far that was to prove that all of the ground, all of the land is pure. You can pray upon all of the land. And that means you can also make tayammum from all of the land. When water is not available or it's available but cannot be used for some reason. And then also to highlight the differences of opinion between the scholars as to whether tayammum is equivalent to wudu. Exactly the same rulings as wudu or if tayammum is only a temporary measure substituting for the wudu up until the actual wudu can be made it's only temporary up until the actual wudu can be made so once the actual water is found your tayammum becomes null and void even if you haven't broken window anything your tayammum automatically finishes as soon as water is found according to that opinion and the other opinion was no your tayammum remains it is equivalent so those are some of the opening issues here uh, Next time then we'll continue Looking at some of the narrations that are mentioned here And they will describe How exactly tayammum is done How you strike your hands How you wipe them What you wipe The actual method of making tayammum Insha'Allah ta'ala We'll get to that then In the next session any questions or anything to add there? Yeah, so if you make tayammum and you pray a particular prayer, according to the opinion that tayammum is equivalent to wudu, you've prayed, that's it, done. According to the other opinion, 
even some of them they will say that prayer is okay but as soon as water is found your next one will not be until you make the actual wudu because now that you found water according to them your tayammum is null and void so the original one yes many of them they will say that's valid the original one that you had no choice and you then made your tayammum and prayed even if the time exists the example we gave at the beginning even if the time exists there are those from the first opinion who will say but that's done you were legitimately allowed to make tayammum at the time it temporarily covered you and your prayer is done but now that you found water you're no longer on tayammum you now need to make your wudu before the next prayer and then there will be a group of them who say you have to repeat because they say now that you found the water the temporary measure is no longer valid you got to do it with the full measure and pray your prayer upon the full purification those are various opinions that they will mention in the books of fiqh no not artificial ground many of the scholars they uh, uh, you know they talk about the issue of whether there is dust or not and that is not necessarily a condition because stones and rocks and those types of things may not really have much dust coming off them but it's got to be the ground the actual ground not temporary surfaces so you don't really make tayammum of, of the carpet or, or, or something of that nature it is supposed to be the actual ground the materials of the ground not the, the materials placed on top of the ground or some other artificial thing placed on top of the actual ground but the actual ground that is the safety for the tayammum if somebody's going to start using artificial surfaces then you get into all types of again differences and issues and topics and whether it's valid or not some of them will say it's not valid like that at all so you should use the actual surfaces not temporary or uh, artificial surfaces that's okay because then the real surface is on top of the artificial surface so you're using the real surface that's okay that's it then that's you're now in a situation where water is available but it's not possible to use water is available but it's not possible to use like if you're on an airplane and uh, uh, you need to make a ghusl I mean with skill possibly possibly it is possible possibly with skill and then but you'd have to do some cleaning up and all types of things <coughs> with the minimal water as we spoke about you're not going to be pouring anything you're not going to be pouring the bottle but in that minimal method we mentioned possibly but most likely for most people not possible so then water is available but you can't use it you can't use it to make your ghusl so in that case you would have no choice then you could make your tayammum and pray wudu, wudu is the minimum you do the wudu anyway you, if you can do the wudu you can do the wudu on the plane you would do the wudu anyway but then many of them say you would have to do a tayammum because wudu doesn't cover the janaba. Wudu by itself doesn't cover the janaba. You're making your intention of the tayammum to take care of that and to cover the fact you couldn't do a ghusl. That's a bit like what we mentioned once here, I think, when somebody has a tooth removed and they say to you, do not put any water in your mouth for a day or whatever. So then that day you need to make wudu. How do you do that then? Then the scholars say, make all the rest of the wudu as normal, but don't put any water in your mouth then. Instead, at the end, when you've made all the rest of the wudu, at the end, add on tayammum to cover the mouth that you missed because you couldn't put the water in there. Make a tayammum at the end to cover that. But the rest of the wudu, you do it. So you would do the rest of the wudu, but then a tayammum to cover the fact that you're still upon the janaba. Well, those descriptions will come to those. We're going to get to that next week or next time.
I'm not aware of that because major is even more than minor. If they don't agree to it being a substitute for minor, they're not going to agree to it being a substitute for major. Can you bring the natural ground sand in a, in a, in a container? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's possible. Uh, some of the scholars, you know, they always get the question about hospitals. Somebody's in a hospital, can we bring them something to make tayammum with? Yeah, it's possible that it's the natural ground, they can use it, then they can make tayammum. It's possible, there's nothing preventing that. Hmm. Yeah, concrete is, uh, uh, it's artificial, but it's not. It's artificial, but everything it's made up of is natural materials. There's nothing man-made in there, really. It's all natural kind of material. So Allah Alam with that one, if there's dust on it as well, anyway, then, then it's definitely okay. If there is some dust on top of it, definitely okay. So quite a few problems in that one. Somebody's uh, in jail through no fault of your own. A hypothetical example, obviously not speaking about anybody. Somebody was in jail or is in jail, for example, and you have your, your, your bed, uh, you have your little toilet thing in the corner and a little sink. No sink. No sink. Still hypothetical, even though these details are quite detailed, still hypothetical. <laughs> so there's no sink in there, there's just a toilet, and there's just a, a, a bed. How often do the guards come around? So, sorry, hmm. All right, so one thing at a time then. So what was the first one? The first one was... Uh, and what was the question about it? Oh, can you pray? So... All right, that's the first one then. So you're in a prison cell, and in those prison cells, you have a toilet in the corner. Can you pray in the prison cell? Absolutely. If the times of the prayers are going to go out, you pray in that prison cell. You have to. If the time, you know, they're not going to let you out for every prayer time. So certain prayer times, you're going to be in your cell. Prayer time's going to come in. Prayer time's going to go out. You're in your cell. You, you haven't got uh, the freedom to get out. So you have to pray. You have to pray. Uh, pray at the other end of the room as far as away possible from the toilet not facing it etc you got to pray the prayer must be prayed in that circumstance you have no choice the second one for the fajr you mean or what no but there's no daylight in the cell Generally speaking, yes. they don't all have uh, exterior windows they don't? Uh, so, in those kinds of circumstances, if you're in a cell where there's no natural daylight, it's just an artificial light. So then you have no way of knowing exactly when the prayer times are in or out. But, I mean, you know, especially in this country, if we're talking about our circumstances in this country, with all of the laws and rules and regulations, I don't think anybody, any prison system in this country would prevent you from having a timetable or being told what time it is to be able to pray uh, as your religious obligation. There's nobody in this country with the laws that they have who would prevent a Muslim inmate from not being able to perform his religious duties in his cell. It's not like he has to go anywhere. All he needs from them is the time. So you would have to try to make your inquiries to get the time. When that is simple enough, it's not a difficulty, I would think, to be able to get the time from the wardens and the guards, etc. So you would have to find out the time to then pray your prayers in their times. The prayer is at fixed times for the believers. So you would have to strive to get those times from the means that are available to get those times. If you absolutely cannot, the guards will not tell you nothing, no way of finding out. Then khalas, you make your estimations your estimations and you pray. You have estimations. There will be a routine in the prison. Breakfast is always a certain time. 
Lunch is always a certain time. Dinner is a certain time perhaps. Or there or thereabouts. So then you have an estimation. Now it must be between 8 and 9. Because breakfast they always give it between 8 and 9. You have an estimation of the time. Lunch comes, you have an estimation of where you are now in the day. So then you would estimate in the worst case scenario and pray. Direction Qibla, we covered it here a long time ago in detail, you remember. Same kind of scenario, same thing. In the direction of the Qibla, if you don't know where it is, you make your best effort, your best effort with whatever available information you have to judge where the direction is. So in a prison cell, whatever your best information is, you think to yourself, when they brought me into this building, the sun, I remember it was that way. Then in the building, the corridor came this way, came that way. You're going to make your very best estimation you can, again, if they won't tell you. Because, you know, the country, the, this kind of country with the laws and the everything, they would surely tell you which direction. There's no, uh, uh, it's not going to help you to make an escape plan knowing where the east is or the west is or anything else. Surely they will tell you those things. So you would find out. And if you cannot, worst case scenario, then you would again make your judgment. I came in this way, the corridor was here. I remember a window there, it was the light. You would make your best estimation and pray. That's all you can do then. Mm. This has to be uh, the last one, pray 8.30. So the last one, go Say you combine in your prayers for traveling, mm. Isha, but you know you're going to get back for Isha time. Is it still valid or do you have to wait until you get home? So if you're traveling somewhere and you know you're going to get back home within Isha time, within Isha, let's say Isha finishes, imagine 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the morning, you know you're going to get back within Isha. So the Jama'ah may be 8.30, but you know, you know you're going to get home by 9.30. Still Isha time. So are you allowed to combine whilst you're out on your journey somewhere at 6 o'clock at Maghrib time? Or should you only pray at Maghrib knowing that there's only a couple of hours left, I'm going to be home by Isha time? You are still allowed to combine. You are on your journey, you haven't got home yet, so you are still a traveler, it is permissible for you to still combine. However, as Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen does have a fatwa, where he says in that kind of scenario, if you know, know you're getting back, inshallah, with all factors being equal, you're on the motor, you're satna of everything, you're 50 miles away, everything else being as it should, you should be home within Isha time. He says it's better to pray it back when you get back. To pray the full four raka'at rather than praying your shortened one on the journey because you know you're going to be home within the time of that prayer. That doesn't mean though it's impermissible, it is still permissible to combine, especially if the journey has difficulties, etc. When you get back, it's going to be tiresome and fatigued and things like that. It is permissible to still combine. We'll have to stop, you know, the prayer time. But after the prayer, if anybody wants to ask, you can ask as well, inshallah ta'ala.